Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. My guest today is Sarah Wilson, and Sarah is the former editor of Cosmopolitan Australia, and she was also the host of the first season of Master Chef Australia, which was the highest-rated television show in the country's history. She has a huge audience. She's also a qualified health coach with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York City, and she has another huge hit on her hands with I Quit Sugar, which is an eight-week detox program and a cookbook. You can find out more at IQuitSugar.com, but we're going to talk to Sarah a little bit today and get to know her and, and introduce her to our Seattle audience and the audience that listens from around the world. Thanks, Sarah, for coming on. Oh, thank you very much for the kind introduction. Well, can people really quit sugar? I mean, especially, I, I don't know if it's just Americans, but we really like sugar, or is it that way all around the world? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's, it's certainly a first world issue and growing into a second world issue. Um, in Australia, our sugar consumption is roughly the same as what it is here in the States. Um, the UK is about the same as well. And interestingly, all these countries where we have the highest sugar consumption, we've also got the highest rate of metabolic disease and, and of course, obesity being a, a, the, the most, um, I guess, alarming metabolic disease. But um, yes, it is certainly possible to quit sugar. Um, it, it needs to be done. Uh, we eat way too much of it and we are addicted. So to your question, yes, it is difficult. And, um, you know, I, I found it difficult when I first quit three and a half years ago. But I guess what I did was realized that there was no information out there on how to do it. We were starting to get information on why we should do it. But there's nobody sort of explaining how to actually get through the addiction. And you might have heard and your listeners might have heard that there are a number of studies that have come out recently that have shown that sugar is as addictive as um, heroin and cocaine. So for anyone out there who does find that they can't eat just one Oreo and leave the, the rest of the packet in the cupboard, um, you know, they, they, they're, not, they're certainly not alone. You know, a lot of us are like that and there's a very, very good biological reason for that. Would you like me to explain why it is that we're addicted? Sure, absolutely, because I'm one of the addicts, so I want all the information I can get. <laughs> well, let me tell you what's going on for you then. Um, the, the deal is this. We are actually designed biologically to be addicted to sugar and to be obsessed by it and to binge on it. Now, the reason for this is we, we, we don't have the hormone in our brains that tell us when to, to stop eating sugar. Now, we have it for fat and protein and every other food. Um, the only molecule for, that, um, that doesn't have this corresponding hormone is fructose. And of course, when we're talking about sugar being bad for us, it's the fructose component of sugar that's problematic. So fructose um, doesn't set off, I guess, this hormone train of action that tells us we're full, we don't need to eat anymore, let's stop. So that's why we can drink 
you know, 40 ounces of, of soda or, or, you know, these big, big containers of, of fruit juice. But you try to eat that much, say, cheese or bacon or yogurt, you just couldn't do it because fat and protein actually have hormones that say, right, we're full, that's enough. So, you know, why is this the case? Well, back in caveman days when we were wandering around the savannas being chased by a wildebeest or whatever you have it, um, there was very little sugar on the planet. There was a few berries and a little bit of honey here and there. And, and we had to really fight hard to go and find it. But when we did find it, it was really, you know, quite handy not to have an off switch, you know, for sugar. So we would be able to binge on it, eat a whole heap of it, eat the whole berry bush if we had to because it was so rare. Um, and the reason for that is because it is such a great source of fat. Now, back in caveman days, it was really quite handy to have some fat, you know, uh, on our bodies for being chased by wildebeest. Today, of course, we don't need this fat and we've got sugar everywhere. It's not rare, but we are still designed to binge on it, obsess on it, and also store it as fat. Well, that's interesting because we, we want it and it sets off some type of endorphins or something in our brains too that give mm -hmm. us some type of pleasure as well when sensation. That's right. Um, it sets off a dopamine um, sort of set of, in, uh, of chemicals in our brain, um, you know, which are linked, of course, to um, you know the reward centres. So that's why, you know, I mean, I've been a journalist for 20 years, and I don't think, you know, I've ever been able to get a, you know, a whole way through an article, writing an article, without rewarding myself with some chocolate or um, a muffin or whatever it might be. Um, you know, we very much rely. Part of our addiction, of course, is on this reward system, this reward, sense of reward that we associate with sugar. Well, I really think that you're on to something and, and it's proven out in this eight-week kind of detox program because last, was about, about a year and a half ago, I switched over, the, I, I, I just did it, you know, when, the, uh, when Nike says just do it, you, you just got to do it, you mm -hmm. just got to get up. And, and I switched over, I started working out, I started being really active, I changed the way I eat, and I completely got out of, about that eight-week um, mark, I really got out of the kind of the habit. I wasn't craving sugars. Um, in fact, I was kind of repelled by different things because I understood how hard I worked mm. um, and I didn't want to sabotage that at all. But, and, and yeah. here's the, the, the down factor to that, was everybody kind of put a lot of pressure on me that I wasn't eating at family events or I wasn't eating like them or I wasn't being as social. And I kind of slipped back slowly into yeah. my for eating habits, and now today I'm starting back the other way, and now I'm back to that craving thing, but I know that it can exist because I, I am a testimony to how your yeah. brain can get over that, but it'll go back to yeah, it too absolutely. if you let it. <laughs> That's interesting. That's really interesting, and, and I agree with you. I think the social pressure, just to pick up on that point, is is difficult for a lot of people. And I, I'm very, I'm a single person. I travel a lot. You know, traveling can make it very difficult. Um, and I also, you know, I eat out. I'm a, I've been a restaurant reviewer for many years, and I eat out a lot. So it can be quite difficult. But I've got around it. And one of the best tips I can give, and I share this in my book, is to actually not make a big deal of it. 
once you're off sugar and once you've got it out of your system and you mentioned the eight weeks thing, I did a lot of research. I spoke to addiction theorists and I did a whole heap of work on it. And it generally takes eight weeks of going cold turkey. But at the end of that process, what I advocate is actually relaxing a bit. Um, you don't need to keep your sugar intake to zero. That's not necessary and it's not feasible. It's not practical. Um, what I do is suggest that you try to keep it within the range that's recommended by both the American Heart Association and um, the World Health Organization's um, draft recommendations which are circulating at the moment and hopefully will become um, guidelines very soon. Uh, and that's six to nine teaspoons of sugar a day. Now it's not a lot but once you've quit sugar and you know where the hidden sugars are, where the big dumpings of sugar, sugar are, then you can actually avoid um, certain foods and you don't have to make a big fuss. You know, most people who meet me for the first time and don't know about my book um, would not know that, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of restricting um, sugar in my diet. Um, I just go about my own thing, you know, I know what to order and what you know, what not to order. Um, when dessert comes around, I happily have the cheese platter. I don't make a big fuss. So there's little tricks that I do share for just overcoming that peer pressure, I suppose. Um, but also, I mean, I think you probably found this as well. I'm sure you did not go back to consuming the same amount of sugar that you did, pr you know, prior to quitting mm -hmm. the first time. Because you, as my best friend said to me once, she said, Sarah, you can't unlearn this stuff. Once you know that a glass of apple juice contains 9 to 10 teaspoons of sugar, exactly the same amount of sugar as in, say, a glass of, of, of cola, then you're just not going to order a glass of apple juice, are you? You're going to choose something else. Um, you know, and sure, things like birthday cakes and, and chocolate are the, the difficult ones to avoid, but I still eat a bit of chocolate. I'm just aware that, you know, if I eat a little bit too much, I'll start to get into that sort of blood sugar cycle again and the addiction will kick in and, and I just kind of keep an eye on it. Well, that's interesting that you would say that because I, I did notice that when I did really start to, you know, and, and I hate to use the word diet too because it really just is kind of a change in lifestyle. And, and so you start eating kind of differently. And, and my um, blood sugar really leveled out. I didn't have those huge swings and dips and, you know, wasn't feeling um, – murderous, you know, in between uh, meals <laughs> as, as I was eating better. <laughs> and and I, I think it yeah. had to be just like what you were saying that, you know, you, you were kind of, you know, regulating, you weren't stuffing yourself with sugar and then coming off of these huge swings of, you know, highs and lows. Yeah, it, it, look, I mean, as you say, this isn't a diet and I'm the same as you. I, I'm, a, I'm a big foodie. I loved my food. I travel around the world to try different food and I don't think any human is good with restrictive eating, you know, which is why diets don't work, which is why we've been on these low-fat programs for the last 60 years and we've only got fatter. They just don't work. So I'm all about um, talking about what you can eat. Um, I'm about, you know... Also seeing what we're doing here as about regulating, I guess, your appetite and regulating your digestion and your appetite hormones so that your body actually becomes a fat-burning machine, not a sugar-burning machine. Um, and that's, that's sort of, I guess, what I try to really instill in people. This is not about a quick-fix diet, although most people do lose weight. 
um, if that you know if they've got weight to lose. Um, this is about recalibrating your appetite, and you know the ultimate outcome and is, is food freedom. You know, and that's what I experienced now. I was out to dinner the other night actually with my my agent here in New York, and she ate the dessert and I ate some cheese after dinner, and. And she was like, oh, I'm going to have to go for a big run tomorrow. I feel so guilty. And she said, Sarah, do you ever get guilty about food? And I said, no, I just don't anymore because I trust my body. You know, once you've got off sugar, your body is able to tell you when it's full, when it's hungry. And I eat three meals a day now. I don't snack in between. I eat till I'm really full and then I'm fine. I don't eat again for another five hours. You know, it's, it's um, I'm just not obsessed by food anymore and I think that that is the ultimate aim and you know that's not as you say that's not a diet that's that's a lifestyle yeah you know and I used to get so frustrated when people would see me they go oh how's your diet going and I'd go I'm, I'm not on a diet I just changed the way that I'm eating and then yeah. okay. and then the next time they see me they go well how's your diet because then I don't know, diet almost has the word that you know you're on it temporary and you're probably going to fail so I was always trying to just I would always come back and say I'm not on a diet I'm just changing the way that I'm eating and you know they you know but it was always like that people always thought that you know I was on yes. some type of a diet and I really was and I would really was just really like you said recalibrating your appetite and it does take I mean you do have to be proactive to to some degree and until you kind of get that habit formed Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, as I say, I spent a lot of time, my 12 months, researching all the science that could help with that process. I then, um, you know, my book first existed as an e-book. And so I was actually able to tweak things and update things. And, and then, of course, I developed recipes that helped back up what I was, you know, suggesting people do week by week. So that's, that's how the book came about was because I was doing this investigation for myself um, and, you know, re learning all about recalibrating the body and it just hadn't been done before. There was thousands of so-called diets out there but there wasn't anything that could actually help people um, who wanted to have some abundant eating, you know, and for it to actually be fun and convenient and, um, you know, you'll probably notice that in my book I've got 108 recipes and they're five ingredients and two steps or you know they're, they're not complicated I maximize as much sweetness out of foods without obviously bringing in any fructose um, and it's all maximum nutrition you know I don't put anything in there unless it's got lots of nutritious elements to it and, and you also bring in in, in your cookbook, um, which I really like the e-cookbook because so much of us have e-readers now. So this is even available as an e-cookbook is just brilliant because that's you know really where most of us are. But you also talk about children. You talk about wine, which you know has a lot of you know. And we all like our wine. You talk about chocolate, sustainability. I'm really big into sustainability with seafood. And I, I think oh, right. most people are as, as they become aware. And you address all of these issues, which are issues when you're being proactive with your eating that you need to take into consideration. That's right. And look, you and your listeners live in one of the best places, I think, in the country, if not the world, for this kind of eating. I've just been in Seattle uh, the week before last, actually, and I was there visiting some of your amazing food bloggers and also there to um, eat at some of your beautiful restaurants. And um, for your listeners, if you're interested, I've done a write-up on um, 
a sort of a bit of a food guide to Seattle based on my way of eating. So if anybody wants to check that out, it's on my website, one of my websites, sarahwilson.com. So um, feel free, listeners, to add you know, your thoughts on great places to eat and, and, uh, and to you know, grab really good quality sustainable food. Absolutely, and I am definitely going to check that out because it's really easy. You don't even have to look to find horrible food. I mean, it's a plenty. You have to beat it off <laughs> with a fork. But to, but, but to eat but good, good, you have to put some type of, uh, you know, it's not a huge amount of effort, but there is a little bit of effort. I mean, there is a little bit of brain power you have to initiate to to eat mm-hmm. healthy because all the other stuff's just coming at you. I, I mean, literally, you, you really are just fending off crap, so to speak, all the time. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You've got to know how to navigate your way. And, and in some ways, a lot of people who do this program, my eight-week program, the reason that they find it so useful is that it's a simple way to, as you say, beat off the crap because when you cut sugar out of your diet, you're essentially cutting out processed food. You know, um, I, you know, people say to me, oh, you don't eat this, this and this anymore. I said, well, only because I don't eat sugar. It just means that I don't end up eating um, breakfast cereal or a lot of breads or pastries or anything like that because, you know, it, they're cheap nutrients. Well, they're not even nutrients. Um, and, yeah, it's just a really simple way to go about it. Once you know how to avoid sugar, then you naturally avoid everything else and you naturally steer your way to much more nutritious eating. Well, that's why I like that you're so interactive with with the people in the program, that you're interactive on your blog, because so much of doing this is mental. And you're going to be coming up against, just as I did, people who were saying, oh, you could just have a little bit of this. And I call my mom's house the crack house for cake, because my mom is from the South, um, and she's always baking, and she's always, she's a Southern mother, and she's always, you know, just eat a little bit. Well, a little bit to her is a lot. And, um, and so you're always coming across people like this and, and, and you don't want to offend them. Um, mm. or I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of have a pleasing personality and, you know, I'm kind of a people pleaser. So I don't want to make anybody feel bad. And the last thing I want to do is be invited out with people and then have them feel bad. So there's this mental capacity in it. But I had to kind of switch that off to where I wasn't making it about them or judging them by what they were eating because it was yeah. really kind of my journey. And everyone's on, you know, at That's a different right. pace on that. That's absolutely right. And um, week eight on my program is very much about trying to remind people, don't hit people over the head with this stuff. You know, be your message. Just simply, um, you know, look like you're enjoying this new way of eating and that's the best way to recruit people. It was really interesting before I came over here to the States, um, a couple, you know, I was out to dinner with some friends and they said, you know what, not once have you told one of your friends to quit sugar and, you know, it's, it's something that I just don't do. A lot of them have quit sugar because, They've seen what it's done for me. And, and look, that's the name of my book, isn't it? I Quit Sugar. It's not You Must Quit Sugar. It's I Quit Sugar. This is how I did it. This is what I learned. And if you want to try it too, then you might enjoy this process. Right. And, and it, it's, a, it's a tool for – and I do think that most people want to be – healthy, they want to be, you know, somewhat active, and they want to eat right. I think most people fall into that category. The problem is 
how do you do that? Where do you start? Where's the people who've done it? Because you have to have those people out, just like we were saying earlier. You, you have to kind of be a little proactive looking for that. And that's, again, why I, I really do believe people should go to IQuitSugar.com or they should go to SarahWilson.com because there are people doing it and you can kind of tap into that community because you might not have that community in your everyday life. But there is kind of a virtual community that you can tap into and, and kind of read what they read and, and, and see how they're doing it and, 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 and how you did it and are continuing to do it. Yeah, and I mean, obviously there's the book for those who want to do it on their own, but iQuitSugar.com also has an online program for anyone who does want to do it as part of the community. And, you know, we have people from around the world doing the program at the same time, and we have 12 medical and nutritional experts who are on the forums answering questions. We have a full um, menu program and, and, and recipes for the entire eight weeks. So. Anyone who wants more of that kind of involved process, you know, um, that's available too at iQuitSugar.com. And the next one, by the way, kicks off in the uh, beginning of June, so just in time for summer if anyone's interested. Absolutely, absolutely. What is the most popular recipe that people tend to look for on your site Oh, or in your book? Um, okay. Um, well, I think one of the most popular is my chocolate raspberry ripple, which is a it's a sort of a chocolate bark with coconut and fresh raspberries through it. It's the easiest chocolate treat in the world to make. It looks incredibly impressive, so you can bring it out at a dinner party. Um, you know, it's really really simple. It's very versatile. It can be made into, and this is great for mums and dads out there. It can be made into sugar-free Easter eggs and little bunny molds and things like that for Easter. So that's probably one of the most popular ones. The other one that people really love is my granola, completely sugar-free. Um, it's a fantastic um, substitute for regular granola, but it's also a really good thing to have on hand. You make it in bulk, but it's really great to have on one of you know some of my homemade ice cream. You know, sprinkled on top. It can go on the top of one of my cheesecakes. Um, some of my smoothies. It can go on top of that. Um, it provides this incredible crunch, or you can just have it as a snack as well. Um, it's a great, you know, and it can also be pressed into making a granola bar. So that's a really popular one, and I know people who've become quite obsessed by it, you know, playing with different recipes and different versions of it. Um, they're both mm -hmm. sweet kind of um, substitutes, but I guess, um, yeah, one of my other ones is the courgette or zucchini cheesecake. That's quite a good one too. Um, as a breakfast meal um, that can also be used for lunch. And what I like about it is you can make it, you know, a big a big batch of it and freeze it, and and you can bring it out, you know, sort of for for breakfast or for lunch um, for for a number of days. It's it's a, a really it's got beautiful flavour, um, very very you know filling and um, very nutritious. And you talk about getting the family involved and getting the kids involved and, and making this you know, something that, that the kids look forward to and enjoy eating as well. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I think that's one of the best tips. I often get asked by parents, you know, how do I get my children off sugar? And I think it's a really big challenge that our society faces. And there's a couple of tips that I give. And one of them, of course, is to get your kids cooking with you. Because if you can get them cooking on the weekend, say, and you make a bunch of muffins or, or, or snacks that they can have when they get home from school, then they own that food. They, they feel it's, you know, they, they're proud of it, they'll eat it. 
Um, the other thing I suggest is not stigmatizing sugar. So just simply don't have sugary things in your house. Phase them out slowly, slowly, um, and and don't make a big fuss of it. You know, kids are like the rest of us. Uh, if you tell them to not do something, all they want to do is the exact opposite. So um, the best idea is just to kind of just not to make a fuss of it gradually make substitutions um, and the final thing is take them shopping with you. Um, if you can take them shopping and get them to go and choose the yogurt that's got the least amount of sugar or the granola bar with the least amount of sugar, then they're going to feel part of the process. They're going to feel, again, proud of their choice. Uh, it's a way of educating them without sort of beating them around the head with it. <laughs> Absolutely, and don't bring it in. I really found that too. Is if it made it into my house, it was going to make it into my body because I would just eat it. I would just say, "Well, yeah, it's, it's there. there. I might as well eat it gone." You know, <laughs> right? So Absolutely. if I didn't bring it in, you know, it didn't make it into my body as as well. You're one hundred percent right. Don't even bring it in. Don't even bring it to my house. But have other treats there, as especially when you're going through the sugar quitting process. Have other treats there so that you don't feel like you're in a state of denial. You know, I mean, that's one of the most important things of my program is, is, sub, is substituting, having these amazing other types of snacks, whether it's kale chips or, you know, sort of halloumi cheese or nuts. Or there's all kinds of um, really good go-to foods. It's simple. I provide you know tips for what to grab when you're on the run. You know whether it's from a convenience store or whatever. You know if you're on the highway. But you know it is really important not to feel that you're missing out because as soon as you get that feeling, then you're going to go and try to grab something to kind of comfort yourself, to to treat yourself. Um, so I very much advise getting yourself really set up cooking things in batches and uh, becoming friends with your freezer. You know, if you can make things in batches and have things in the freezer ready to go, then, um, you know, you're not going to feel like you're missing out. Absolutely. And and also, what people need to realize is you're going to have to really think about this and be part of the project, I mean, really pretty intensely for the first probably a month or two, but then it really does get easier, and then you don't even want those things. I mean, your, your body yeah. off, and you really are, it becomes so much easier, but you do have to really engage and be in the mindset in the beginning. I mean, you have to be proactive in the beginning, but then it gets so much easier. I mean, it, it really is this weird. And part of it, part of it is also... you. Yeah, and part of it is also you stock up your pantry with, you know, wonderful um, snacks and you stock up your freezer. So, you know, over the course of the first four weeks, you cook all of these things in big batches and before you know it, your freezer is full and you're eating differently and it's easier than pouring cereal into a breakfast bowl in the morning, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, isn't it so much trouble and so much work? And it's like, no. And it's really interesting actually. A study came out recently um, done here in the US that showed also that eating nutritious food is actually cheaper than eating junk food. And that's something that a lot of people um, uh, don't realize is that it is very cheap to eat well. But you've got to do it in a way that is sustainable. You've got to cook in bulk, you know, think ahead, that kind of stuff. But once you get the rhythm of it, it is so easy. Like my, you know, it really is. I just get on with other things now. Yeah. And, and then you're happy and you're proud of yourself when, when you've done those things too because you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I took the time to make up these things because now I'm so busy 
you know, on Thursday or whatever than I was yeah. on Saturday or Sunday when I did this. The other thing, I mean, Michael Pollan, um, who I'm a big fan of, he said this really well. I mean, we often feel powerless um, when it comes to big food or processed food industry. You know, they dictate how we eat, what we eat, how much sugar we have in our food, how much trans fat, all that kind of thing. And he said the best, the most powerful thing we can do to kind of, you know, stand up to big food is to cook. You know, um, anyone who sort of feels powerless, you've just got to start cooking. And not fancy food. As I say, four or five ingredients, you know, that's all it's got to do, um, be. And it can take five minutes. My cooking, um, you know, generally takes five minutes for lunch and seven and a half minutes for dinner. You know, it, it's that quick. Faster than putting something into a, a microwave and nuking it, it, I assure you. Well, I 100% agree with you on that, and I'm flipping my brain back starting, well, I think I started yesterday on it, but, I, you know, because I really did like the way that I was feeling when I was really into that, and I just kind of let myself, you know, slip again, at, kind of at giving in to, to other people, but um, when I did that, then I gained weight. I'm the one carrying, you know, the extra pounds around. Those people who were kind of just encouraging me, like my mom, to eat isn't isn't a, isn't a dealing with those things. Any of their hearts are in the right place, but um, yeah. But really, you know, I I did not feel like I was um, uh, giving up anything, or I was, you know, at some type of disadvantage. I thought I was at an advantage when I was eating really good. So I'm I'm really a believer in this in what you're doing, and and I really just want to get the word out there to people that there is a support group and it might not be in your immediate you know vicinity of people that you're hanging out with every day but you might have to seek them out through blogs and you know twitter or um mm-hmm. through uh, web pages or books or whatever but you know definitely or cooking schools even cooking or schools cooking are school. fantastic as well yeah there's a great blogger in seattle actually on um What's it called? Vashon Island? Is that is that the right oh, name? Yeah, Vashon. Have I got the right mm-hmm. name there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, Shauna. She's become a wonderful friend. She did my program about a year ago, um, and she's a big supporter. And she does cooking workshops. So she's a great person to engage with and just see what she's up to as well. Absolutely. Well, th- th- there are people doing it, and there's people who are succeeding and, and living really great and happy lives. And, Sarah, I just really appreciate you taking the time and come on and share some of that with us. And it really gives, you know, this positive message to people who really do want to live this way. And it, it just keeps showing them that it is possible and there is a way, and there are people out there who will support and they'll put – you know, these recipes together and they'll put blogs together and they'll put activities together for us just to kind of tap into. So you taking the time to do that really helps so many of us who are who really do want to live, a, you know, a healthy lifestyle, especially if you're young and listening to this show, once you get of a certain age, you do want to live longer. <laughs> you want to start yeah, doing everything right. you can do to live that's longer. Right. When, when you're when you're our, our vintage, that's right. You start to, and 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 you're absolutely right. This is not just about weight loss. It's also about longevity. You know, um, having energy beyond your teenage years. You know, right. and that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, they're the two the two biggest things that people report back on. And about two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty thousand people have done my program now. The thing that they report back on at most is the quality of their skin, 
it literally wrinkles just soften, you know. Within that eight-week mm -hmm. program, you will notice the difference. And the other thing is even energy, not having those 3 p.m. slumps. And, you know, no matter how much, um, you know, insomnia you might have, just having an even energy throughout the day. I think um, they're the two things that people really, really notice and benefit from. Absolutely. I, I, I notice my energy level for sure. I... Um, uh, mood swings is because I am really um, sensitive to highs and lows and blood sugar. And, you know, I'm just going to say it out there. My sex life improved only because I had more energy. My, my, my mental ability was better. Um, I wasn't – and I felt better just in, in general about everything, and, and especially with yeah. women. If women aren't feeling good about things, if, if they have kind of – they feel like the weight of the world on their shoulders, sex is really the last thing that they want to, you know, even wrap their oh, brain around. absolutely. If they're feeling guilty, if they're feeling mm -hmm. slightly pudgy around the middle, and if they're feeling flat in, in energy, then that trifecta, which basically is caused by sugar, um, you know, mm -hmm. it means that you're just not going to feel great about sex. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, guys, you know, encourage your women because it's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks, Sarah, for coming on. I really appreciate it. IQuitSugar.com is the website. I Quit Sugar is the book. Um, the eight-week uh, sugar detox program and cookbook, you can find more information on our website. And we're all going to check out SarahWilson.com for where to eat when you come to Seattle. People are coming to Seattle by the thousands every day. We love it. We, we love to share what's going on in our great city yes. with them. And uh, we want to, you know, check out that website and find out where we can eat well and uh, and, and add to it. Please do add to it. And that, that, that um, blog post is on the sarahwilson.com. So please add to it and um, I'll, I'll update the post as I get suggestions. But thank you very much for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Seattle. I'll, I'll be back again sometime soon. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to play. We're going to play Blake Noble. Blake Noble is also from Australia, and he. You can go find out more information about him at blakenoblemusic.com. But I did an interview with him a few weeks ago. It was absolutely just incredible. He's one of nine children. His mother was a piano teacher, and Blake, when he was like 13 years old, he got the Aboriginal people to Tim how to play the didgeridoo. And he's one of only a handful of people in the world who can teach the didgeridoo and who is a master at the didgeridoo. And he also plays the guitar and the percussion on his guitar, like a drum on his guitar. It's, it's absolutely amazing. You're going to be hearing a lot out of him. All the big, big acts are taking him around the world on tour with him, and his name is Blake Noble. And I thought that was a great way to go out to um, accompany Sarah Wilson, also from Australia, and her great I Quit Sugar, feeling good about yourself. You can feel about, good about yourself through eating and being active and then also listening to music. So add Blake Noble to your playlist and get out there and walk and change the way you eat. I'm behind you. Have a great day.
Well, that's our show. We would like to thank our listeners, our guests, and, of course, our sponsor, Audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free. doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out. Get back with us. Let us know what you think. And be sure to also check out northwestprime.com for this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past. Thanks and have a great day.